0: lovers and welcome to the liberty Mike podcast broadcasting from an undisclosed location in the heart of dixon i am michael and i am here with liberty larry how's it going doing all right yep so everybody um got some new equipment that hopefully will improve sound quality at least marginally so um if you have any comments about sound quality uh definitely let us know um Particularly if it's worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so if it's worse, we definitely need the next one. Yeah, we, we will remove pieces yeah. <laughs> and get back to the way it was. Yeah. If it's better, we'd like to know that too, though, just yeah. so I know that I didn't waste money. Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, that's that's... That's all our, that's all our news. (laughs) Yeah. That's all. That's not all we got. Of this
1: of all weeks, that's all we got.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that was a great podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. (laughs) Tune in next week. (laughs) Yeah. When we finally get this right. (laughs) So I left that off the last podcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we didn't get it right last Uh week. Maybe we'll get it right this week. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, I don't know where you want to start. We can kind of jump right into it. There's a bunch um,
1: of news. Yeah, there's we we got a full docket this week. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot going on. I
0: don't know if we start. were trying to fill in an
1: extra podcast somewhere along the way.
0: This would be the time. This would have been the week to do it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, um, a lot of stuff kind of came up
1: quick.
2: So it
0: was Mother's Day Sunday, which would probably be our next opportunity.
1: Yeah, that may be tough for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Yeah.
1: Okay, but yeah, where do you want to start? I don't know. Let's jump in with the Supreme Court. Okay. Um, I I mean, so so and just letting I haven't watched as much of the coverage on this as I normally do, but I have seen some coverage of it. You've been watching a lot of court, I hear. I have been watching a lot of court, but not the Supreme Court. (laughs) Yeah, Team Johnny, man, I I am sucked into the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, (laughs) and it's it's funny because. It's nothing but a distraction. Oh, like, yeah. I mean it's it's pure distraction and I it's one but it's just like a bad TV show. Like mm-hmm. you just get sucked into it and and that's where I'm at. And I gotta see it through. And we got another couple of weeks of it. So <laughs> Yeah, it's reality
0: TV and I imagine it's got great ratings and I suspect that we will see some programming yeah. patterned after it in the future. I I it wouldn't surprise me a bit. Yeah. Um, but no, there was a, a leaked draft, uh, from the U S Supreme court,
1: um, of a majority opinion overturning Roe versus Wade. So when I first heard this, um, my initial reaction was, I just didn't believe it. The Supreme court never leaks anything. Um, and I just, I didn't really buy it, but now they're talking about like doing an investigation and figuring out what happened. Mm -hmm. So, I'm guessing it's legit. Yeah. I mean, I, they well, wouldn't yeah, be they, investigating it if it wasn't yeah, something to Yeah, they have confirmed
0: it. that the draft was legit. Now, yeah. okay, so this doesn't necessarily mean anything either. I mean, it, no, that's not fair to say, I guess. But um, it's very common while they're considering a case for... Them to write opinions,
2: multiple opinions,
0: yeah, and pass them around, uh, yeah. which may affect other, um, justices' decisions on the case and so forth. And that, you know, they're, yeah. you know, they're all making their legal arguments, and, and I guess in some ways, probably trying to influence each other as well. Yeah. Um, the majority is based on an initial kind of, um, like hand vote type thing. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's still, this doesn't represent a final decision. That's what I'm trying to get. at. Yeah. Um. Now, I think that it's likely that that decision doesn't change.
1: Yeah. I uh, mean, if they've already written a majority or a uh, a majority opinion on it, I would be surprised. But
0: well, like I said, this is something that that's pretty common, and while they're still in consideration, and and it, yeah. the opinions can influence other justices to change their position. Yeah. Um. I think with the the number of justices on the court now that are either just like politically conservative or seem to be politically conservative and or um have a uh, originalist interpretation of the constitution I wouldn't expect it to change either. Yeah. I... Um because regardless of what where you feel what you feel about abortion the Roe v Wade decision um is
1: an r- incorrect decision.
0: Yeah. Pr- constitutionally speaking. Constitution they,
1: just yeah, strictly constitutionally speaking, it it's it's an overreach for <clears throat> the federal government.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um going back to the 10th amendment, which yeah. says that if it's not specifically uh a power specifically given to the federal government, then it remains um a power of the states and the
1: people. Yeah. Which, right, is, so. which is the reason, so I've been saying all weeks, so I've had a lot of people ask me about this, and mm-hmm. um, it's the correct decision. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, this is, th- all that's going to happen here is it'll be turned over to the states, and I saw something the other day, something like 26 states have automatic, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, abortion is illegal in those states, like immediately. They have really? like, automatic triggers um, set up.
0: I am quite surprised at that. My expectation was that there would be about a dozen states that would limit abortion yeah. to some degree. Um, um I don't know just like in Alabama I think the 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 law that was passed here yeah. legislation that was passed here says 15 weeks or something. That's yeah. almost halfway through your pregnancy by the way. Yeah. Um Uh, Yeah. So I I think that even and and Alabama is widely considered to be one of the most conservative states in the union. Oh, yeah. So um, I think the Mississippi law is stricter, I think. Is it? The one that triggered this. The one that
1: that, that the case is about. Um, I
0: think it's a shorter time period that you have. Is it? But uh, I, I don't. I don't remember. I don't know
1: the specifics of what the triggers would be. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. I would need to go back and confirm that. But that was, I just saw something, read something that said 26 states had triggers in to, to make some form of, um, some ban. kind of restriction, Yeah, some kind of restriction.
0: Yeah. The idea that abortion is going to be banned in this country is insane. Well, like it is absolutely yeah. insane. Um, All the all that this decision would do is throw it back to the states. Yeah, and um, I
1: I mean, me and you, I think, would agree that that's the right answer. I
0: I think it's more right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I think um, I think that the uh, the government should really play no part in medical decisions. Yeah. That's what I think. Um, I think that this is not a question for the government at all beyond the question of, of life or not. And I'm not comfortable with government deciding defining life either. Yeah. So, um, I don't think that it should be a question for government at all. I think that the, that this, like any other medical decision is between a doctor and a patient.
1: Yeah. I don't, So much. I I don't know. I'm definitely more on the pro-life side.
0: (laughs) I, okay. So as far as my personal feelings are concerned, um, I would certainly encourage anybody I knew not to have an abortion.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But that's as far, I mean, yeah. Because I, well, you know, and I'm a, I'm I think I've said it exactly like this on the podcast before, but I, I will do it again because I'm sure we have new new listeners. Yeah. Um, I hope <laughs> <laughs> we have new listeners since last time this came up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that the what we can say for certain is that life begins somewhere between conception and birth.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, that seems fair. That's yeah. <laughs> um, I think. Really any point you pick between those two points is arbitrary. Yeah. And um and I certainly don't think that a bunch of attorneys uh in government are in a position to make that decision. Yeah. Um when life begins. So uh I, I don't think that it's a government decision at all. It it's between a doctor and their patient. Um those two people are the ones whose conscience it rides on.
1: Well that's kind of my been my thing, is like you just You've got whatever decisions people make as far as this subject is concerned, mm-hmm. they're the ones that have to live with it. Yeah. And I mean, if they've convinced themselves that they're not killing a baby, then, yeah. then they've convinced themselves of that. Well, and the other I part of it is that... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, I disagree, though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would too, I think. to the, hmm. Depending. I mean, uh, like I said... There say, are situations where I think that uh, having the ability to perform an abortion is important. Um, yeah. I mean, there are uh, certainly medical um, issues that can arise that would necessitate as a strong word, but certainly um, incentivize yeah. uh, an abortion. Um, I hope that I never have to make that decision. Yeah. <laughs> really, I yeah. guess, uh, which is kind of a cop out, I suppose. But, um, but it, it, we've been arguing for two years that um, people's medical decisions are their own. Yeah. And, and and
1: this applies here too, I think. I and I agree. I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um and it's really hard to say my body, my choice, though, and then at the same time say, but you've got to get the vaccine. Like, right. Come on, guys. Yeah. Like it's either it is or it isn't. Yeah. Um now
0: it has occurred to me, and I haven't explored this a lot uh intellectually, but it has occurred to me that um that an overturn of Roe versus Wade uh, where the federal government, essentially what Roe versus Wade said is the federal government is not permitted to interfere with medical decisions essentially. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's really what it's, what it says is that, um, that this is private information. Um, and I, I, there is some concern in me that maybe an over a, an overturn of Roe versus Wade um, is in the interest in some of these powers, uh, e- even on the left, yeah, or maybe even especially on the left, um, yeah. to get rid of a federal uh, prohibition on interfering with medical, with people's uh, medical decisions. Yeah. So, because if you remove a federal prohibition on interfering with people's medical decisions, then all the arguments that prevent them from, um, requiring mandates, yeah. uh, vaccine mandates and so forth are gone.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, so maybe this is a, a, um, you know, something that they're willing to give up for something else. Because I think it's fairly certain that, that it was, the leak came from the left. Yeah. Or, or somebody yeah. on the left, not, I mean, that, not like the left is some kind of
1: monolith or whatever, yeah. but, but, but one of the more liberal interns or somebody like that. Yeah. Well, maybe morning. even a judge. Our judge. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say judge and maybe it could not saying it's definitely not a judge. I tend to think it's probably somebody in one of their, one of their assistants or somebody. Yeah. I I suspect that too. Um, but if nothing else, just to put that shield between the judge and, you know, mm um, uh, the,
0: and you know, I think after I make the statement, we'll play a little clip. Um, I suppose. I don't know what order to do all this in. Right. Um, but I, I think that really what this leak was all about was about motivating um, Democrats to get out and vote in the midterms. Because right now, all the opinion polls say that they are getting stomped. Oh, yeah. Um, or I say right now, at least before this leak. Yeah the opinion polls were saying that the the democrats were getting stomped in the midterms. Yeah. Um so I think what this really was all about is about creating some outrage on the left and some motivation to go out and vote. I do think also though um that this was premature. Yeah.
1: That
2: I, that you choosing, can't maintain the outrage. That I was long.
0: fixing
1: to say, yeah. Well, and it's just the same way the whole time Trump was in office. Like mm-hmm. it was, the outrage was up to 110 the whole time. Yeah. And you just, after a while, you just can't maintain it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
0: um, on the other hand, this could be reinforced when the actual decision comes out. Yeah. So it could be, you know, let's go ahead and create, like, let's, let's start this process now. Yeah. Um, and go ahead and get people upset. And then when the actual opinion comes out,
1: they'll already be organized yeah yeah
0: so uh, hard to say but um let's go ahead and play this clip or maybe not i'm gonna we're gonna play the clip and we're gonna see if it fits how's that
1: (laughs) all right that sounds like a
3: plan the other statement that stands out is the uh democratic national committee saying in part make no mistake reproductive rights will be on the ballot and this midterm election is more important now than ever before. Mm. That reflects, of course, the popular opinion of Democrats and a majority opinion of Americans. If you look at CBS News polling, it shows most prefer keeping Roe versus Wade in place and federal abortion rights intact. But what this statement, from a very crass political strategic perspective, is also saying, essentially, is Democrats wake up, get off the couch, and go out there and do something about this by volunteering, by donating money, and most of all, by voting for Democratic candidates. Yeah. So that's
1: that's
0: really what it's all about. Yeah. Give us your money and give us your vote.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, motivating their side, you know. Yeah.
0: Um because they don't have much to be Yeah.
1: I mean if, if you It's look hard at, to
0: support the current Yeah. regime.
1: Yeah. I I administration,
0: whatever. Yeah. I I don't want to <laughs> sound like I'm being propagandistic.
1: <laughs> all right. Yeah. But but you're right. They're, they But I refer not, to the Republican side as regimes too, too so yeah, Exactly. <laughs> But but either way, like I say, there's not a whole lot for them to run on right now. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, what what do they have that they can tout? You know.
0: Um, and this was uh, you and I had talked about this a little bit. Um, and then uh, Dave Smith said the same thing, so I don't think we ended up saying it on the podcast because we don't yeah. want to be derivative. But, mm-hmm. um, with the Elon Musk thing, well, actually, oh, okay. So the the reason that it dovetails in, I think, is that um. What this really shows is a fear of democracy because the truth is that if it gets kicked down to the states, it's just a democratic process again at the state level. If the states ban or restrict abortion in a way that makes the people unhappy, then the people can vote them out.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, And so it's not likely – I mean he pointed out that the majority of Americans approve – I don't buy
1: that. Well, I keep hearing that tossed around, and I don't know Um, what polls they're they're specifically referencing when they say that. I I keep hearing the
0: the number sixty nine percent, which I think is really funny in context. (laughs) Um, But uh, I think that it's depending on how they ask the question. That's
1: what that's what my um, response have been this week because
0: I I don't think that it's unlikely. Um, I think, you know just in a general question um do you believe that abortion should be legal i would say yes yeah uh even though i don't really approve of it but the you know like i said there are um situations where i think it's at least close to necessary there yeah. are um moments and like even up to the point of birth yeah. because because there are things that can go wrong well, that threaten the life of both the child and the mother and you got to make a decision yeah and if you decide to keep the mother alive so that she can have another child down the road somewhere um yeah. and not leave a, a a very unhappy father with a um if there is with a child is, if there, well, there even is sure. a sure i mean yeah. but just even assume okay so assuming that there is assuming right? that there is like yeah. um, imagine this this situation like uh you And part of this is maybe some assumptions or my, um, personal experience, you know, or based off of my personal experience. I think that a lot of, um, a lot of fathers are more attached to the woman than the child, certainly at birth and probably for some time afterwards. Yeah. Right. Um, so imagine you're in the situation where this woman that you love, uh, that, that you have gotten pregnant and she's you know, carried this child for nine months and um, now she's giving birth and something goes terribly wrong. Yeah. And the doctor asks you uh, to make a decision about we can only save one.
3: Yeah.
0: Which one do you want to save?
3: Yeah.
0: Now, there's a couple of things going on here. Like e- even if you choose to save the child, now here you are, a single father.
3: Yeah.
0: You've just lost this woman you love because of this child that you now have to take care I mean I don't know I just it, it seems like it creates a, such a, a terrible situation yeah um in that case uh and you know the other part of it is that you've known the woman for at least 9 months yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. um and you don't know the child at all yeah you weren't yeah. carrying it for 9 months yeah. i i think that i think that most men in that situation would choose to save the woman yeah um and that is an abortion yeah oh well yeah. And I, I don't disapprove of that decision because I'm pretty sure that's the decision that I would make.
2: Yeah.
1: No, uh, I I definitely am with you on that. You yeah. Know?
0: um, So I think that if you just ask the question, do you think abortion should be legal— that a majority of people would say yes, because some kind of situation like that might pop into their head or, you know, rape yeah. or, uh, incest or you know, yeah. all these without, other things. Without
1: more like nuance in the question, mm-hmm. I think you may get that type of response, yeah. but I think the more you drill the question down, the mm-hmm. more you would get more.
0: Yeah. You start slicing yeah. parts of that
1: out. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, and I agree with that. Um, but if you kick it down to the States, if, states that have a majority population that don't approve of restrictions on abortion place restrictions on abortion. Yeah. Those people aren't going to be in office very long, probably. Yeah. Um, well, and it, it, creates a more localized control, which we always advocate.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the reason I think that this is the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, let, because the truth be told, I mean, this country is a very big place with a very variety of people in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, it makes more sense for each area to kind of be able to decide what they think is right and what they don't. Yeah. Um. And, and to force like just take New York as an example, you know, mm-hmm. to force New York into the same type of, to just say no abortions in New York would, would not make a lot of sense for New York because people in New York are okay with that.
0: Or at least New York city.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it it just wouldn't make sense to force that upon them because they're even even if you think abortion is wrong which i do it you're not going to create a better situation for the people in new york by mm-hmm. banning it
0: yeah and i didn't clip it but biden actually said that he didn't feel like he was comfortable letting the populations make this decision yeah right now um
1: well, because he knows which direction it's going to go. Well,
0: it, you know, and it comes back to this kind of fear of democracy. And and the reason, like I said, the reason it dovetails into the Elon Musk buying Twitter thing is, is the same. It's the same it's thing. It's the same it, kind of thing.
1: Yeah. The truth be told. Everybody talks about how good democracy is and how they want to preserve democracy or have democracy but as long as is, you
0: vote the way they want you
1: to. Yeah, the truth <laughs> is is they don't want democracy at all. They mm-hmm. want their side to win. Yeah. Um and at the end of the day they'll do whatever it takes for their side to win. Mm-hmm. Um and, and so and whatever they've got to do Twitter's a good example because it's became pretty clear that if you give people real freedom on Twitter that things can happen that the establishment doesn't care for. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, the thing that keeps coming up with the the Twitter thing is the question of whether um, Elon Musk will allow Donald Trump back on.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's the real concern. That's the concern. Is that here. Donald Trump would be able to reach people easily again.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Because, oh my God, if he's able to reach people, they might vote for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and That would just be the... Not that people didn't vote for him the last time. Well,
0: that's because he was on Twitter and he could reach people.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, he's, been cut off and he's been cut off entirely f- from being able to bypass the press. Not entirely, I guess, but um, Pretty close, his, though. his biggest outlet for bypassing the press, being able to speak directly to the people, was taken away from
1: him. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and it's been being taken away from people of all kinds of people since it's happened to Trump. Yeah, um, and before. And before too, but mm-hmm. um,
0: but the idea that you would remove the sitting president from Twitter is yeah just in, and I mean I they've
1: moved know. some co- removed some congressmen and different um, quite a few different like high level people
0: yeah and now you have this great paradox now with the ministry of truthiness yeah. that. Or, or I'm sorry, the
1: disinformation governance board. Is that what they're officially calling it? Because I, I all I've so. heard it to is Ministry of Truth. Yeah. Which
0: I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> it's actually called the disinformation governance board. Yeah. Um, but the you know they're they're making these statements along the lines of that this is to protect your free speech. And but at the same time, what they're saying is that. In order to protect your free speech, we can't allow a free speech absolutist to take over Twitter Twitter.
2: Yeah.
0: Because that would restrict your free speech by allowing other people to speak. Yeah. And 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 part of it is just this this fallacy that it's a fixed pie. Yeah. That if one person's speaking then that takes away time from somebody else, which isn't true to begin with. It's yeah. it's one of the great economic fallacies too, but we'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> right. Um but yeah, just because uh you know, conservatives or even even the alt-right, the
1: alt-right yeah,
0: are talking on Twitter does not prevent progressives from talking on Twitter. Exactly. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. So at, at the same time, they're saying, well, we have to um, we can't allow a free speech absolutist to take over this platform. Uh, because it would put limits on your free speech, which doesn't make sense to begin with. And then on the flip side of that, they're saying in order to ensure your free speech, we need to more strictly enforce, you know, some kind of regulation on speech. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> and I, I don't understand how anybody can listen to this and, and yeah. be sucked into it. I don't know. I, I can't understand how anybody in America actually would approve of a disinformation governance board because yeah. here's the other thing that I think I would hope that we have all learned about government is that the only thing that they're, they're interested the only kind of speech they're interested in restricting is the kind that challenges them.
1: Yeah. That's harmful to them. And it doesn't yeah. matter.
0: They're not interested in truth. No, never at no. all. Yeah. Um, and in fact, this woman, uh, Nina Jankiewicz, um, was, promoting the uh you know Biden's laptop is russian disinformation story she yeah. was wrong yeah all right I, I, okay so actually that's the only example you really need because it doesn't matter how many other times she was wrong and she has been
1: yeah yeah
0: um but just the idea that the person that's in charge of determining what's true and what's false missed something so completely yeah and something that was restricted
1: yeah well and that was restricted in a way that I've never seen the Unprecedented uh, yeah, in this country as far as exactly. I know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and so uh, th- what it comes down to is that you can't, you can't trust somebody to know truth better than, than others. Yeah. The, 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 the way to – and she even said something. I didn't clip this either. She said that, the, uh, that regulations on free speech were um, important for the survival of democracy or something like that. Yeah. All right. Um, and I disagree entirely. I, like, absolutely, hundred percent. That that is a completely yeah, false statement. Just, as far as I'm concerned. To me,
1: that statement doesn't even make logical sense.
0: Yeah. Um. You need to have alternate opinions, alternative opinions out there. Yeah. Um. Right now, the safeguards of democracy in this country are independent media like us.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: That are out there telling you the things that the mainstream media doesn't want you to hear, yeah. that the government doesn't want you to hear. Um, you know, that we're talking about the background of the Russia Ukraine war in this incredibly propagandistic um, presentation uh, culture yeah. uh, of what's happening in, in Ukraine right now. Um, and it, again, I hate that I have to say this every time. This isn't an approval of what Putin's doing or or any kind of um, advocacy for Putin. The point is, the history did not begin in February of this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That there were certainly things that the U.S. did to provoke this, the U.S. and NATO did to provoke this, that it was very clear that they were aware that it was a provocation when they did it. Yeah. Um, And that there were things that they absolutely refused to do that could have been done to prevent this as well. Exactly. Um, And in fact, uh, I'm really bouncing around. I apologize. (laughs) But um, it it seems clear now that there was a decision made by the Ukrainian government in November, roughly, um, that they were going to assault the Donbass region. That the Ukrainian government, the Ukrainian military, was going to assault the Donbass region and bring these breakaway provinces into line.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, Which is probably why, in January, um, the Biden administration was so confident that uh, Russia was going to invade. Because Russia had already...
1: Made the decision they weren't going to allow this to yeah, happen. That, exactly, yeah, exactly.
0: That they were going to protect their people in the Donbass. Yeah. Um, so with an all-out assault planned in the Donbass by Ukraine, the U.S. government could probably feel pretty confident that Russia was going to respond. Yeah. And that this was a way that they might respond. Yeah. Right? Um, and then they were they were leaking this information to preempt the decision by the Russians to try and discourage um, discouraged them from doing it. That's the story that, that we was were heard, they were right? Saying, like, yeah, I about that. all these leaks oh, yeah. of intelligence information. Um, so then in at the beginning of February, there was a huge increase in artillery uh, Ukrainian army artillery assaults on cities in the Donbass.
1: Yeah.
0: And then and they had a buildup of troops there. There's a, a huge build of uh, troops on the edge of the Donbass as well by the Ukrainian army. Yeah. Um and then Russia invaded to huh. preempt this assault.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um. So, but you're not getting that out of the mainstream media.
1: Nope, not at all. It was
0: a totally unprovoked invasion, as far as the mainstream media is concerned. Yeah. Um. And that's just not true. No. And it's
1: you. You can't put. Throughout history, governments have tried to do what's being done here with regulating speech and mm-hmm. controlling what can be said and what can't. It never ends well. Like, this isn't something that—I mean, it's not—you can't act like this hasn't been tried.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and you can't complain about, um, you know, uh, Putin controlling the media and putting down dissent in his country and then do the create this ours. thing here. Yeah. Um, Let's uh, listen to uh, Mayorkas talk about what the role of this new disinformation governance board is uh, real quick, and then we'll, right. we'll comment more on this. Sounds good.
2: And the board, the, this working group, internal working group, will draw from best practices and communicate those best practices to the operators, because the board does not have operational will am- authority. Will American citizens be monitored? No. Guarantee that. So what we do, we we in the Department of Homeland Security don't monitor uh, American citizens. You don't, but will this
3: board change that? No,
2: no, no, the board does not have any operational authority or capability. What it will do is gather together best practices in addressing the threat of disinformation from foreign state adversaries, from the cartels, and disseminate those best practices to the operators that have been executing in addressing this threat for years.
0: Okay, um, so that's their role. They're just uh, developing best practices to pass out to the other agencies that actually enforce stuff.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, because that's what we want, right?
0: (laughs) Well, uh, one thing that stood out to me in that is that he keeps talking about operators. Operators is a special forces term. Oh yeah. As far yeah. as I know. Yeah. Um like you have CIA operatives and Delta Force operators. Yeah. Uh but <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure it has other uses in government, but well, I, I have always so. <laughs> I have always heard the word operators in government um used when referring to military special forces, yeah. yeah, military special forces. Wow. Um now the whole thing about uh, when she asks, um, you, "You won't be? A, can you guarantee we won't be monitoring American citizens?" which he doesn't exactly answer. Yeah. Um, he answers with a semest- semantic, like um, deflection, I guess. Yeah. Well, we don't at the Department of Homeland Security. We don't actually monitor any Americans. Yeah. Um, and what he's actually saying there is, we just pass off information to other agencies like the FBI to monitor the Americans that we want monitor yeah. i mean that's that's what, really what he being means done, yeah um so uh, it, it's it doesn't make me feel better <laughs>
1: yeah all right
0: <laughs> about this so i i think the whole thing is absurd and um is incredibly dangerous yeah and uh well it's all the is, idea that government can define truth is yeah I mean, beyond absurd, they're,
1: they're, this is something since COVID, particularly, but this went on before then that government has decided they want to start doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is and this is just another step towards that type of thing of just having a board that's you know defines what's okay and what's not.
3: Yeah,
0: um, and it, if you have confidence in government, um, being the arbiters of truth, uh, I just want to play this bit of um, Scott Horton responding to this uh, discussion of the, um, of the disinformation governance board on Kennedy um, where he essentially says, uh, you know, this lady, Nina Jankovic, um, I would like her to fact check these things. All right. And so
3: here I'm he go. I'm excited. Goes. Let's hear it. <laughs> you know, Bill Clinton lied that the Serbs had slaughtered 100,000 Kosovar Albanians in order to launch that war in uh, 1999, W. Bush lied that Saddam Hussein was gonna give nuclear bombs to Osama bin Laden to you know, blow up your hometown with. Barack Obama claimed that Muammar Gaddafi was about to murder 700,000 people, the entire population of Benghazi, and he was passing out Viagra to all his troops to rape every woman and girl in the, in the country of Libya at the time, a total hoax. He also claimed that Zarqawi's men were just moderate rebels in Syria as they were building the caliphate leading to then Iraq War Three, another half a million people killed. Mm. And uh, started the war in Yemen, which Donald Trump ludicrously claimed we were getting paid $450 billion from the Saudis to wage. At what price for a genocide, when of course they spend a couple, two, three billion a year on the war. And of course during that whole time, the CIA and the FBI told 1,000 lies about Donald Trump, which Juan still believes some of, apparently, in this Russiagate hoax, which never happened whatsoever and then they lied that get this that russian spies planted crackhead hunter's laptop at a repair shop in delaware um which the entire media then went along with that hoax and and big tech in crushing that st-
0: Scott Horton's the man is <laughs> <laughs> really i yeah, i don't know is. that you can make the point better than he just did yeah um y- you know we've talked about the the uh support of the Syrian, the Syrian rebels. Um, and he brings up Zarqawi there who, uh, that's Abu Musab al Zarqawi, um, who pledged allegiance to Osama bin Laden in 2004 before we were supporting him in Syria. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, the The list keeps going. He also points out, a, um, a few moments later that, uh, that this lady is connected to, um, Wait, what was the organization? I don't even remember. I might have to go back and listen.
3: Oh, I
0: don't know. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, now I can't remember. Um, but the uh, you know, the, it's just a general conflict of interest. She's um yeah. connected to some organization that uh played a part in the 2014 um, Maidan coup. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I can't remember what it no, what it was.
1: That remember either.
0: But anyway. Um, Yeah, so this is our new minister of truthiness. Minister of truthiness? Ministress? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Ministress of truthiness? (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know how you genderize some of these words. No, I don't know. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I mean, everybody in this country should resist this to the greatest possible degree. Absolutely. Um, It is an absolute overstep uh, of government. In fact, they are prohibited by their constitution and the oath they took to it of creating this organization. Yeah. But that of course has never really stopped them. So yeah.
1: Hasn't lately.
0: <laughs> I don't think it ever did.
1: You don't think it did?
0: No. I, I remember my, my mom asking me cause I was, I was on some soapbox about uh, presidents ignoring the constitution. Yeah. And um, she asked me, well, who was the first president that overstepped the limits of the constitution? I said George Washington. Yeah, <laughs> it was George Washington and the Whiskey Rebellion. Yeah, he, he didn't have the power to to do what he did in response to. Anyway, yeah. um, don't need to go down that rabbit <laughs> hole today. We got enough to talk about, yeah. and we're running low on time. So, um,
1: what else we got?
0: Because
1: uh, I feel like I'm forgetting. Yes,
0: yeah, that's because we are, and it was the it was the something that I didn't write down. Um, there's something that you wanted to talk about, I thought. Uh maybe. <laughs> which is why I didn't write it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Um we'll just oh. uh you know, we'll just keep on, I suppose, with wherever we go to next. Okay. I something that I have been thinking about um recently, um, with you know, speaking of gendered language. Uh is that I, okay, so, you know, certainly plenty of comparisons have been made between um, the, the fall of this empire and the fall of the Roman Empire. And, and, um, A lot I've,
1: of parallels you can draw.
0: Yeah, I've talked about uh, the hedonism that results from just, you know, kind of unprecedented wealth. And, um, and while it, you know, it feels like we're not that wealthy, we really are. Oh, yeah. Um, when you look at world history and uh but I, I think that another part of it is um the reason particularly younger people seem at least to me to be so maladjusted yeah. um is that there's this uh i don't know there's this nihilistic strain that's find, found its way into education of younger children and i think a prime example of that is and so, of course, you know, nihilism is just like rejecting all convention. Um, and this, uh, you know, part of it is this idea that there's no real truth, that it's all subjective and, yeah. and so on. Um, and this is a, I think. You can make this up is, your own truth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, this is, a, I think this, that this is a, a part of um, an approach to looking at the world. I, I think that this is a, a philosophy that's important. For people that have an interest in learning, yeah. when they're older and they've had some, uh, you know, established ideas about what the world is, yeah. um, to bring you back around and have you go back and question that stuff when you're, when you're mature, I think that, um, I think that introducing the idea that uh, you know gender is just a construct. I, I, okay, so actually, <laughs> let me start at this point. Um, I think, I think that most people. And I've worldwide um, define their world in a lot of ways in binary. And I think we see a lot of that right now with the, you know, kind of the culture war as well. Um, I think that this is ingrained in us that, you know, you have day and night, light and dark, good and bad, you know, male and female, like the, you, you define a lot of things by their opposites Yeah, Um, that these two, ends of the spectrum exist and like
1: you're on one side or the other.
0: Yeah. And, and this is how you form your worldview. I I think that this is an important way of how we, we form our worldview. And I think if you start taking down these concepts that there's anything that's, that's solid in children that are, that are young,
2: um,
0: that they never create a coherent worldview. Yeah. Um, and, and that's part of what I think is the, the danger of this way of, of teaching children, that all of the conventions are, are made up to challenge them all. And I, I absolutely believe in challenging the status quo. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, and I think that, uh, that I started to do that very openly when I was in my mid teens. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I think that, that rebellion against the system is important. I think that it's important to um, to be skeptical, um, but I think that very early in life, you need to create a kind of a basis from which to start. Yeah. <laughs> before you start tearing everything down. Yeah. Um, that that we're not creating. I mean, to I guess to use like a builder term, like that we're by starting with this nihilistic view of the world so young, you're not creating a foundation on which to build, you know, the ideas and the worldview and the approach to, to life. Yeah. Um, that I think is important. Yeah. I, I think that, that there needs to be a, a strong, a solid foundation there, um, from which to, to jump into some of these more, um, you know, more radical approaches yeah. that that just comes later. Yeah. And but we're we're starting really early. Oh yeah. With this. I mean with the, like ungendered children.
1: Yeah. Uh, you
0: know, <laughs> like let them decide when they're old enough. Well, how in the world are they supposed to decide if they if you've never given them the the two st- choices? S- yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean of course the answer to that is well there's more than two choices, right? But yeah. Like it, you, I don't know how you expect to a child to choose from a spectrum of things that they don't understand at all
2: yeah yeah
0: that you've given them no base to understand yeah. i don't know um so you need
1: this their run only- for school board again mike <laughs>
0: i don't think this is much of a problem here but is it i don't know you got two kids in school so it's
1: not great i mean it's not as bad as it is in a lot of places but mm-hmm. i mean the you know it's it's that stuff is out there yeah like i mean and it's out there everywhere it's not just in school it's mm-hmm. you know they they pick this stuff up from all kinds of places
0: yeah, well, I mean it's out there in the culture everywhere we talk yeah. about um you know all the t v series uh you have to have um you, you have to have on. a gay couple you yeah. have to have the um the uh, mixed race couple um i don't know those mm-hmm. are the two things that just like seem to come up over and over and over and over and over yeah. again. Um, that I see in like, I- even in commercials, <laughs> you yeah, know? Right. like uh, luckily I don't have to see a lot of commercials these days cause I don't have yeah. real TV, but um, yeah, yeah I, I, I am a person that certainly advocates for tolerance, that advocates for adults to make their own decisions about their lives. Um, but I think that that one of our roles and I mean, all of us as an adult is to create a strong foundation from which um uh, a child can develop a worldview yeah. yeah and you don't do that by telling them that everything that nothing's real yeah yeah that's not a, that's not a good starting point Yeah. No, um. No, definitely. you have to believe in something before you can believe in nothing right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so this is just like some thoughts that have
1: been bubbling around yeah, in my head.
0: So <laughs> well I did remember
1: um, what the other thing was I wanted to mention. And it's not them we need to go too deep into, but um there what's up? No, go ahead. Uh, um so the feds decided to raise the interest rates I guess it was Wednesday I got a notification that they were going to raise the rates by a half a percent. Um so like immediately after almost the next day the stock market started tanking. <laughs> So, which I've been saying for a while now, since inflation got bad, that it's only a matter of time. I mean, the, the only thing that the Fed can do is raise the rates. Yeah. Um, and really the only that, reason
0: they're, that they're raising the rates is so that they can lower them again soon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true too. Because the the whole problem is, is they've left them too low too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know. I I mean- me personally, I don't think the Fed should control the rates, but yeah, I mean, there should you, be
0: no Fed. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. But if you buy into all of that, you know, the um, if you buy into the narrative, the idea is is you lower rates during the recession and then you raise them up. Mm-hmm. And what's happened is is ever since '08, they've been lowering the rates and they've never raised them back. Yeah. So we're in this, and now things are fixing to get bad again, and there's nothing they can do. Like that, I mean they're they're hung here.
0: Yeah. Well, and we're in a position where interest rates are well below inflation rates. Yeah. Um and that's that kind of inversion is a problem also. Yeah. Um you know, it's I was talking uh about this with somebody the other day. Um they're actually advocating for plans that that make the problem that they're advocating these plans to fix worse. Right. Yeah. So uh, for example, you know, okay, inflation is high. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. So we were gonna talk about um the the oil companies, the energy oh, yeah, companies. I, I have that, forgotten about that. Yeah, I, yeah. that is <laughs> all right, so we got we're, it now. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> yeah. Um the uh say for example, the um the energy uh or gas prices are so high. Yeah. Um and uh and actually, like, the, so the Democrats have a plan. Let's go ahead and play that clip, and then we can oh, go yeah. into
1: what— I forgot we had a clip for that. Yeah. Man, I'm just all over the place with forgetting stuff today. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm just
0: kind of all over the place. So, um, yeah, let's play that clip about what the, the Democrats want to do here, and then we'll talk— uh-huh. that That'll get us a good starting point to talk about this. Sounds
1: good. Okay.
3: With inflation eating into everyone's bottom line, Democrats came out swinging Thursday, looking to land a punch on oil companies and their record profits. They are hoarding the windfall while keeping prices high for people at the pump. Their new bill would give the Federal Trade Commission the power to investigate the way energy companies set prices.
1: Okay, we all know how prices are set, right? <laughs> Well, if you've been listening to the, for this podcast for a while, you do. Yeah. But if you're a new listener, you might not know.
0: Well, okay. So in this particular case, it's going to be inputs um, and then supply and demand. So, yeah. but when well, I say inputs, it, it's going to be inputs, um, labor costs. Uh, when I say inputs, I mean like raw material, yeah. Um, labor costs, transportation, uh, delivery, um, and then a little profit built in. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no point in doing all the other yeah, work. Why, why bother if you're not right. going to make a profit? <laughs> yeah. So um, it's not like this is a, some kind of mystery, like how this is happening. Now, the idea that right now yeah. um, the energy companies have decided that they are going to withhold supply, which is a fallacy to begin with. But, so let's start there. Like the idea that you withhold supply to drive prices up. Yeah. Um, is absurd to begin with, especially in an industry where there's a uh, multiple competitors, yeah. like even cartels, like the reason OPEC doesn't actually control prices is because somebody tries to cheat along the way. Yeah. Um, because if you're, if you're withholding your product,
1: you're not selling as you're much of it. You're not selling it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it, so and, and you, the whole idea is to make money off what you're selling. Right. So, <laughs> um,
0: I mean, I could invent some numbers to try and uh, illustrate, but uh, I mean, just like think through it yourself. Like yes. if, if the goal is to make as much profit as you can, yes. then choosing not to sell your product,
1: even if it drives, like how, even though you're controlling the price by withholding it, mm-hmm. you've still got to sell it to make the profit. Right. Even if you're raising the price as you go.
0: Yeah. Um, how quickly do prices have to rise to make withholding the product worthwhile, worthwhile.
1: Exactly. Because the whole time your operation is still running, by the way. Yeah. Like, I mean that that so since you're withholding, doesn't that doesn't mean like drilling and stuff doesn't stop.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so the uh the idea that they're that the energy companies have decided um that they're going to uh limit the supply to, to drive prices up. Yeah. My question to them would be, why now? Yeah. Why didn't they do that before then? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it comes back to the the whole. Uh, well, you know, the reason the prices are going up now is because of greedy corporations. Well, weren't they greedy two years ago?
1: Yeah, that's just it. the this whole operation works off greed. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, it, it's always worked that way. So this isn't something new for twenty twenty two.
0: It's not even really greed so much. It's just self interest.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. But know, yeah,
0: so. Um, <laughs> You know, we started somewhere else and we were like, Oh, well, this will be a good jumping off point. Now (laughs) I can't remember where we were to try and get back to it. Um, but, uh, the, yeah, the idea that the, um, that the energy companies have now decided to do this, is, it, it doesn't make any sense. And it just so happens to coincide um, with uh, the administration limiting production of the resource in question. Yeah. All right. Um, the uh, the well, entire world cutting off one of the biggest energy producers in the, in I the world. I was fixing
1: to say, the, the deal with Russia is, is really what's going on here. I mean it, that's
0: it, it's it's a part of what's it's definitely a, it's a, a part of I'd what's say going a large
1: up. part. I mean it may not be the whole picture, but mm. it's it's a large factor.
0: Well, I, I don't know that it's any bigger, really, than limiting production in this country. And then, of course, um, it's obviously not just energy prices that are going up, right? Yeah. Um, it's all prices that are going. Well, up. all prices are going. And, up. and by the way, that includes for the energy companies. Yeah. Like, all the things that they're doing are costing more
1: as well. Well, you had mentioned, because I had asked before the show, Mm -hmm. um, when you let me listen to that clip, uh, because they said that that energy companies are having huge windfalls right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know where that comes from. Um, I haven't been able to verify that.
1: And I've heard it multiple times. Like, that's mm -hmm. not the first time I've heard that said. And I mean, and it may be true. It may be true. I'm not saying it's not true. Mm -hmm. I'm just... Curious to where that's coming from. <laughs> yeah. And and
0: I, I couldn't, uh, I can't answer that because yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't been able to verify that. Um, yeah. I, I think that it's just a talking point. I think it's fabricated. Yeah. Um. It, you know, it creates resentment yeah. uh, towards the energy companies. Shift the blame. There you go yeah which is really what this is about is this, shifting the blame um, because the I think that the biggest culprit well the biggest culprit is obviously the u s government because it's the u s government that has limited production of this resource in our country mm-hmm. um, it has uh, um, it has also been the biggest advocate for cutting Russia out of the world economy yeah um, and I think most importantly it's the u s government That keeps increasing the money supply by huge
1: factors. Well, that's what's causing the inflation we're feeling now. Right, um, um,
0: which is those price jumps, and and that actually brings us back to what I couldn't remember <laughs> a moment ago, yeah. which is um, that they're proposing solutions that actually increase the problem that they're trying to solve. Yeah. So uh, people are complaining about um, the costs of gas, you know, the energy cost, costs at the pump, whatever. This is really affecting the normal, the the regular, the average American family so much, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and so the administration's answer is, well, what we'll do is we'll give you money to, to offset the cost.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? But where are you getting that money from?
1: Well, you're printing it. <laughs> you're printing it. And guess what happens when you print the money? <laughs> it becomes worthless. Yes. It, <laughs> so this is like a, a cycle that you can't get yeah, out of. Yeah,
0: it's a of. feedback loop. Yeah, exactly. Um, that they, they, but it, it, it works as a bribe. It makes yeah. it appear to the... I think most Americans don't understand economics well enough um, yeah. to realize what's happening there. Yeah. Or they've been trained to, to think that it you know that these debts don't matter that printing money doesn't matter
1: that oh that's just the answer well a few years ago i would have agreed with you but the the tougher times that we're heading into mm-hmm. a lot more people have educated themselves on particularly inflation and things like that yeah. like this whole deal that um cuz i mean putin um Biden keeps saying that putin's price hike yeah um and people aren't buying that like I mean, they they may not know a lot, but they know that this isn't Putin's fault. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is this is a, a lot of people understand the fact that this is too much money in the system.
0: Yeah, that that in fact that the system was anticipating this war so much that prices started to rise way before way the war. Before there, yeah, yeah. So. Um, and that it's affecting so much more. Yeah. And and while we understand that energy inputs are a part of every industry really. So uh, rising energy prices are going to drive prices up all over. Um,
1: Not to this degree, not to not like this. And that's, that's really the thing. Um, And, you know, but in the beginning they tried to blame it more on um, the COVID because when the prices first started going up, it was COVID. It was, Oh, well supply chain issues and, and Mm -hmm. uh, shutting everything down is, is, is just supply and demand. And then, and then they went from that to Putin's price hike, <laughs> right? Right. So, but people are starting to see through it.
0: I, I hope you're right. Yeah. Um, I have less confidence in that. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people get a you. You certainly have to educate yourself because yeah. you don't get you're in most gonna, places a, a good economic education. Certainly no. in public school system or university system here. No. Um, well, and and then
1: in what I would call more free market media mm-hmm. um your media would supply some of this education yeah um but you don't get that in the u.s here like our media isn't going to tell you what's really going on with this stuff i mean you can find it; it's out there there's people you can find and listen to i mean that's where i get this information from, go to right? go to org. yeah exactly i mean there's this information is out there but your mainstream media isn't going to be where you're going to source it mm-hmm. so
0: yeah um yeah. And they're, they're just going to continue to. So that's, uh, another thing that's going on is this, because there's so much money in the system and because interest rates are so low and I promise I'll wrap this up really quickly here. Um, cause we're, we're, we're going we're, long. We're tomorrow. on a, we're on an hour <laughs> about, um, yeah. but, uh, and we'll probably spend more time on this in the, in the future. Yeah. Um, We're going to
1: have to, because things are fixed to start getting real. <laughs> yeah.
0: That, you might be right. Um, so the, uh, f- as an example, the property values are really high right now yeah. and there's construction going on everywhere. everywhere. Yes. All right. So this is probably a problem. Yeah. Um, this is almost certainly a malinvestment as the Austrians would put it yeah. uh, because the, because money is cheap Yep. Um, and these prices are high. There's a whole bunch of, of businessmen, uh, entrepreneurs and, and established businessmen that are looking at this and saying, okay, I can take out a big loan at a low percentage interest. Yeah. Um, I can use that to, uh, to build all these construction, you know, uh, do all this construction. Yeah. Housing or whatever. Yeah. And sell it off and make just Tons windfall yeah. and easily pay back my loans and so forth, yeah. right? So they're taking out this money. They're beginning this construction.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, as interest rates are forced to be pushed up or as just the economy starts to to fall apart, as yeah. people aren't able to purchase these things, yeah. then they're going to run into a problem. Um, and so I, what I suspect that we'll find is in a couple of years, there's going to be a whole bunch of unfinished construction. Yep. There's going to be a whole bunch of debt that was never paid off. Yep. Um, I would say that there would be a bunch of, uh, banks that, that, um, that closed, but I suspect that the government will bail the government them out. The government
1: will prop up the banks. I mean, we've seen this happen before. I mean, oh mm-hmm. seven, oh eight, like yep. we... I, I've lived through this once. This is my mm-hmm. second go-round here. Yeah. So I remember kind of how things played out last time. Well, there was
0: the dot-com bubble at the beginning of the of uh, the That was the catalyst too. this last yeah. time.
1: I think inflation will be the catalyst this time. Mm-hmm. So um, because you're right, the dot-com bubble and them kind of inflating that is what mm-hmm. caused the housing crash. Right. Um, and I think that what will wind up happening this time will be the same type thing except it's going to be inflation that causes the mm-hmm. the – interruption for the housing market to crash again yeah um but it's it's going to happen it's not a question of if but when right um, and it could be five ten years from now mm-hmm. i don't think so though i mean i think yeah. we're probably a few months if not weeks <laughs> away
0: well, <laughs> i think that we're probably a couple of years away because they yeah. they will do their best to continue to inflate the bubble now of course the longer it. The longer it goes before the crash, the worse the, the worse
1: crash is going to be well, and I mean we' we never really paid for the crash of our weight. that's true, so i mean we're we're due for a, a and it gets worse every time, yeah. Like just like what you're saying, it's not it doesn't get easier the longer it yeah. goes um and
0: and what I would say to people out there is that like this this sounds very doom and gloom and in, in some ways it is, um, but the truth is that that crash yeah. is what restores the health of the economy yeah. Yeah. that that's the correction that we need yeah um it, it, otherwise it, this well, just continues to get worse you get runaway need, inflation and we stuff we
1: need stuff. the correction but we need the the response after the correction to be correct yeah, well, it won't be. It won't be, though. Well, I was <laughs> fixing to say, like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Because if we had taken the medicine in '08, we could be prosperous now and not looking ahead to the next bubble. Yeah. But we didn't do that.
0: But it's, it's bad politically. You need somebody really charismatic or somebody to just fall on the sword. Yeah. Um,
1: to uh, To get people on board. Take the medicine. Yeah. Well, take the medicine now. Yeah. Um. But yeah. um, So
0: just prepare yourself for it and know that it'll pass.
1: Well, that's what I was fixing to say is like anybody who's paying attention sees what's coming and knows what's coming. And the best Mm -hmm. thing you can do is to prepare for it. And the way you prepare for it is to be ready to buy real estate when it crashes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Or, or, you know, be ready to buy, be invested in commodities, be invested in real things um, because money isn't.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is is have your money put somewhere in something that's that has value of its own. Yeah, exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly.
0: Um, okay, let's wrap there.
1: All right, dude, I love talking economics, man. We're gonna have to do more economics in the future. I mean, we'll have to. Yeah, we.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm sure that um situations will arise to give us the opportunity (laughs) to talk more about economics.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, maybe even next week.
1: Yeah. We'll see.
0: Uh, so we we plan to be back next week. Um, we're not even going to talk about like slipping in on <laughs> an mm-hmm. in between. Yeah. It, like if we, it,
1: yeah, we should be back to regular schedule though. Um, okay, so the, yeah. the softball season. Um, Tuesday is the last game, so Thursday should be available again, unless they decide to sneak an extra game in, which could happen, but mm-hmm. not likely. Also, uh, just
0: for everyone out there, um, during non softball season, <laughs> yeah. Uh we usually go out um a couple of nights before the podcast, yeah, and so we get to kind of um chat things out and discuss what we might want to talk about and uh, have a better and, idea going in, yeah, because we're kind of um, going in yeah right now <laughs> it's like right uh, now. we show up and you're like, uh, do you have anything to talk about uh do you have anything to talk about <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> and and just You know, I mean, we're always winging and none of this is scripted ever, but um, if we've gotten to talk to each other about some of these topics a little bit uh, beforehand, yeah, Yeah. Um, it goes smoother anyway. Yeah, I think I hope. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know that I hope. I hope it doesn't go smoother because I hope that the, they're always just as smooth. <laughs> that there's time. an
1: equal amount of smoothness on every episode. <laughs> but
0: the number of times in this episode that it was like, what were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I think kind of <laughs> belies that. Anyway. Um, yeah. So in, in the meantime, though, of course, uh, follow us on Facebook. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, or YouTube, and or YouTube, yeah. or all three.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, like and share, comment. Uh, tell your friends the, the likes, the shares and the comments actually in all of those platforms all, all help us. Oh yeah. By the way, um, engagement makes a difference in, in our, in the way the algorithms treat our product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all of that helps us and, uh, we really appreciate it. Um, and we like to interact. So, um. If you put it on Facebook, uh, Liberty Larry will have to tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, I don't check that stuff on my own. But, uh, yeah, everywhere else. I see stuff on YouTube. Yeah. Except yeah. There's, there's so few people that do YouTube because we don't actually have video. Yeah. yeah. Um, we
1: haven't really put a lot into YouTube, so.
0: Everything's up there.
1: No, I'm just saying, like. Except
0: for the couple of podcasts that they pulled down yeah. due to uh, disinformation or misinformation. I'm talking about
1: just, like, promoting it. YouTube. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I mentioned it every podcast. <laughs> you do mention it every podcast. Uh, anyway, and that's all it gets. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But,
0: yeah, it's not like we put a whole lot into everything, anything else either. <laughs> well, though. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, do all those things or some of those things, any of those things that you want to do. Yeah. Um, you can always email me uh, if you have comments or uh, suggestions or anything. At uh, Michael at the Liberty um, remember we would like to hear specifically about the sound quality on this podcast oh, yeah. to make sure that we're doing that that we're upgrading and not making it worse and uh, yeah, we'll be back in a week when we finally get this right and in the meantime, try to stay free.
1: live short, live free
0: ciao later.